my God, we're, we're back. back. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a pandemic, but we're back. It's it's a pan pan pandemic. It's a pot and pandemic. Oh it's your God. favorite too, Courtney and Amy. I'm gonna let you finish in partnership with Listening Party Presents. You know what to do. Follow us all. We're all on IG and 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 Facebook and all the good old stuff. So, uh, Amy. And, and unlike <laughs> the people in North Carolina, we're not lining up for chicken. I just saw that headline. So. No, we're civilized. We have it delivered we're because civilized. we live in New York. <laughs> it's so like. Courtney, we're not we're not not eating chicken. We're just having it delivered. <laughs> right. Well, I am not not eating chicken, but that's a whole other that's another story. But yes, we're civilized. We get nice people to come to our houses for us. So once again, we're recording this phone, this this show with technology over the phone. We miss our studio. We miss you, Canal Street Radio Studios, Canal Street Market. We miss you guys. We miss, we miss being in a room with more than two people. Let's face it. Yeah, kind of, sort of. You know, so, it, like, like just starting out, you know, catching up about lives in lockdown. Like, people have been asking me, are you bored? I'm like, well, I've done a couple of DJ sets. I've done talks. I'm not bored because, I, you know, I work from home. I have a home office. So it's kind of a creative environment. But I absolutely, you know, I'm also a social person, so I miss my – Brooklyn partners and hanging out in Brooklyn on the weekends and all my, my, my boys, we all live uptown. Like we haven't seen each other. We, you know, we've all been on, we've been in contact, but I miss that us going to have a drink, us going to have, uh, like a, a early sort of cocktail hour bar menu food and just catching up and hearing some music loud that someone else is playing, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm a, I'm a social person too. And it's funny. I, I'm actually, I'm, well, first off, I'm lucky and I, I have an outdoor space, so that has definitely saved my ass. But Absolutely. I, I'm not bored. She has a big I'm, outdoor space, people, like I, unobstructed I, views of all of Fort Greene Park and Manhattan. Yes, I can see all the people not social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm not bored. Um, I actually, staying inside reduces my anxiety level because I know I'm not right. going to contain myself i also have pets which they are a comfort um i've been doing i've been doing i do miss yeah i mean i miss seeing my friends too i miss going down the street and just being able to hang though i'm getting a little less freaked out i am going you know i sat on my neighbor's stoop the other day it's not like i'm completely as freaked out as i was a few weeks ago because though the threat still there the body count, thank God, is dropping because we did our job. We fucking did it's, our job, Nicole. Yeah, it's you a know? little bit of that. And, and sometimes it feels like for me, I, I feel you're right, because I started taking walks in the mornings, and I did mm-hmm. it this morning. In the beginning, like, I've been in the house. You know, you and I, I feel like we both, we've been in the house since basically we taped our show. I was in the house the week before we taped our last show in the studio, right. which is March 8th. But I've been in the house since then. And, um yeah. I got to the place where I was like, well, this is a new reality right now. I'm not really coming into contact with anybody. But you know what? Opening the windows is not enough. I actually need to just go outside, get some fresh air. And I've been and, and I didn't feel so bad. I mean, I put on two masks. I look like Jason from Friday the thirteenth, but I was like, I'm gonna take a walk. So I <laughs> right <laughs> and just, you know, it's been it's been good to like go outside and just see a little bit of life, but it's it's really weird because I know they're trying to rush to open things back up, but I just have this strange feeling that this shit's gonna last longer than anybody thinks. Oh, it's gonna last a lot longer, and I think that New Yorkers, I mean, this is why, and you and I, all of us, when you see these people freaking out, like I can't do this and I can't, it's like shut up, really. First off, no one's seeing you, so it doesn't matter what your hair looks like, okay? No one is seeing you. I bought box dye. I broke down and got some box dye. Life goes on. And this is for the greater good. It's just ironic to me that New Yorkers who are supposed to be so selfish and so by the minute and so fuck everybody else, we're doing the right thing. We're doing it, you know? Well, it's crazy watching the people on TV because they're like, fuck you, open the country. It's like people are trying to save your life, but they're like, no, America. I'm like, people are actually trying to save your life. No one well, wants to be in the house. No, do you want to? Hey, I have a question for you, Amy. Do you like being in the house, not making money? 
I don't know anybody who likes to just be in the house not making any money. No, I don't like When I see them, it's like, you think it's unique to you? No one wants to be sitting in the house not making money. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're that that person sitting at home without a job. Oh, I read about you. You're that one person. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And especially in, you know, the Midwest, you have lawns, you have backyards, you have pools. Really, we're not saying you can never go to the beach, but hello, Georgia, you just opened up and there's 200 more cases. Do you you see the science here? Like, if you, it's sort of like if you don't want to get, what do you call it, poison ivy, stay out of the bushes. Right. No, it's it's incredible to me when I hear that. And it's like, no one wants to just be in the house. We live in New York where guess what? It is great that they... It's great that they, they gave a stimulus and people got 1200 If you live in New York, in some places you've got your rent, you're paying food. In New York, most people, that 1200 absolutely helped you towards your rent, but that I wasn't got, that. I saw you Have you checked? No. I have checked. They told me, they sent me a letter saying that I can reapply for unemployment, but I can't reapply for unemployment until, the, I mean, no, I haven't checked yet, but. The point is, is that, yeah, everybody needs to stop whining. Italy, mm-hmm. Spain, they shut down. There's an article in the, in the Times today, Greece, and trust me, I work with Greek people. They are not the most uh, cooperative, organized people in the world. They're very, like, whatever. They shut down. And guess what? They have the lowest death rate in Europe. So, right. please, cause respect, folks. Pay attention. Do the right thing. And you, too, can live. Whee! So how's your life been? <laughs> How's your life been in lockdown? How's your snacks been? Because let me just tell you something. It's been fucking going down over here. <laughs> what is the snack pitch going on? What are we craving that you never ate before? I, for some reason, and I just want to send a shout out to Deep River Snacks because <laughs> they make... <laughs> They make these spicy New York dill potato chips. Oh, you were talking about oh, the God. Thing. Okay, all right. And I don't know what it is, but I've probably had, at this point, 40 bags of them. And that and clementines. I've been eating. That's my other go-to snack. I've been going between potato chips, clementines, and candy. Interesting. Any particular type of candy or just candy? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Are we going Halloween? It, it, it just so happens yeah. that everybody knows I love a gummy candy, and so what it has that? been peach rings. Oh, look, this, this peach rings, these gummy watermelons, and okay. and these Haribo sour twin snakes. It's oh, been terrible. Good. It's been yeah, terrible. I'm like, I'm going to be five. And then everything else I've been eating really clean and great. But I feel like I've started taking walks because I've just been in sweats and like sweatshirts for two months. I'm so afraid when I go to put on some clothes, I'm like, take your fat ass and take a walk every fucking no, morning. Courtney, <laughs> have you read? Courtney, I read this article in a scientific journal that anything you eat <laughs> while on pandemic is like when you eat when you're on vacation. It doesn't count. You say that, except I read the Journal of Homosexual, and <laughs> that just no, means fat old, fat old queen who's going to have a birthday this summer, and I'm not trying to be rolled into the party because I sat during this pandemic, which I think is going to go on until God knows when, and just ate my way through everything. Well, I hate to say this because I'm not trying to be that girl, but um, I, I'm snacking. But I'm also eating less because I'm having to make do with what's in the house. Right. And so I'm just, I mean, I always eat pretty healthy anyway, but um, my son, bless his heart, is always like, do you want me to bring you? I'm suddenly, I'm a big popcorn fan, and I usually mm-hmm. make my own, but I destroyed my popcorn pot. I've been mm-hmm. really eating. How did you destroy your popcorn pot? Because I used it for 20 years, and it was like, oh. Disgusting. <laughs> This is probably the cure for COVID in that right. fucking pot, so much carbon. But um, my son was very sweet, and he went to the store for me. And unlike his mother, who looks for the, the you know, the cheaper brands and is always economizing, my son shops like a single man. 
so who works at Nike, honey. He's like, um, I'm going to the top shelf. <laughs> he, got me, he got me name brand stuff. And so he got me this popcorn, which is coconut oil and Himalayan salt. It's so fucking good. You're like, oh, my God, the heavens have opened up. It's top-tier popcorn. Oh, so good. And he got me a chocolate bar that was – I was like, wow – so, um, yeah, I, he's been good like that. I haven't been, it hasn't been too crazy. I, I eat a lot of mangoes. I don't know why that is. Yeah. But, that always, but I've been, it's not been, I haven't been bike riding or walking or stuff like mm. that, but I've been doing little. I'm surprised stuff. you haven't been on your bike. <clears throat> uh, I really, honestly, can I tell you honestly, mm-hmm. I got good and freaked the first couple of weeks. I really did. Yeah, I so really, was I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get and it. I really, Knowing myself and and my low level anxiety, the fact it was better for you to just stay in the house. Stay put, stay put. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have, a house, I have my TV's working. I have books. I have. I've been doing so much sorting through uh, uh, papers and stuff. I have found shit from elementary school, and I. Oh my god! I was like, do I really need that poem that I wrote? No, it, I no, think I everybody. I have finally, you know, I opened up, listen, I have a big apartment, but for for the huge size of this apartment, there are only two closets in it. And so there are only two closets. Crazy. One in the front bedroom. There's not one in my bedroom. That's why I have a shipper robe in my bedroom. And there's one in the hall. Yeah, I said shipper robe, sweetie. Shipper robe, darling. (laughs) Darling. Darling, honey. Shipper robe. Um, So... I started going through the music closet, and that's where I found all of just all of these the CDs and shit that I have not seen in a million years. Like oh, yeah, stacks of stacks of all of like of CDs of of the mixes to be considered, and right. and before before everything was just all digital, and you didn't really put them together on one CD. Just of so much shit. A record that's supposed to come out. Which one? You know the Dr. Dre record that's coming out. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That that's in the other closet. Um, okay. So just so much shit. I found my Dennis Rodman doll, the Destiny Child dolls, my Britney Spears, all shit that I haven't seen in years. But just so much stuff. I found bills from when I first moved in here 22 years ago. I was like, okay, okay. you really need to clean this closet up. But it felt good to throw a bunch of stuff out. No, it kind of made me do a bunch of shit around the house, you know. I, well, my friend Candace calls it death cleaning, and I am right. death <laughs> I mean, honestly, seriously, you look at this stuff. I used to hold on to, like, I have all my articles I've written, but I used to mm-hmm. I found a copy of, like, a magazine, and I wasn't even in it. I just saved it because it was like it had an article about a band, but this is the internet. So it's been <laughs> right. Since 1970, and all of a sudden I look at it, I go, okay. Amy, you're not ever going to run for president. Nobody cares about your archives. You're not that important. And you could read this article on the interwebs. You were, so I found a bunch of, like, old punk rock shit. I'm going to see if I can donate it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I don't need it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you never know what's of value of some of that stuff people are looking for, you know? Well, the posters, yeah. all the posters I have. But the point is, is that there's something very liberating about going, eh, fuck it. Oh, you want to hear something hilarious? So I found mm. this, like, love letter or a letter right from like some mm-hmm. boyfriend and it's on paper so obviously it's a million years ago so i'm mm-hmm. reading it i don't recognize the handwriting but whatever mm-hmm. I'm, reading, I'm looking for cues in the letter i'm like when was this from when right this? Okay. he said he hitchhiked to montreal so it had to be the east coast okay he said he dropped acid so it's got to be the 70s who mm-hmm. is this person and then there's no last page and i couldn't figure out who it was and i finally found the last but it was like some boy i had a crush on when i was 15. Oh, wow. It still had the letter. It was mm. hilarious. Mm. I was like, yeah, finding lots of letters from old boyfriends. Like, I now realize how much I loved you and I miss your touch. Fuck you. Goodbye. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's been fun. our beloved, our, our beloved industry. You know, it's really, it's really hard. It's, it's hard to watch what's happening in some sectors. And then I have a bunch of friends who are busier than ever. So there's some sex- sectors that are not stopping at all, but I really, you know, and, and, and I know that a lot of, so a couple of labels have been having talks about, you know, now thinking about trying to ramp up productions and stuff, but 
I, I worry so much because I don't think they're going to be live shows until sometime in 2021. And all of those people, you think about the stage builders, the, the lighting people, the sound people, the drivers, people who drive the trucks, people who drive the buses, the dancers. It's like, what are they going to do for work if a year of live shows does not happen anywhere? It's across the board. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're basically in a depression without anybody using the word. And, right. and, you know, any industry, whether it's teaching, whether it's the music industry, whether it's, you know, the meatpacking industry, as soon as they can figure out a way of not having to use people, they'll keep right. doing it. So if they can go, well, we don't really need to have people coming in. We can do this all remote. And it's not to say that some of these remote things haven't been cool. There's been great stuff, and then there's been, like, I didn't really want to see you in the first place, and I certainly don't want to see you on my phone. Right. But it's, this is capitalism. You know, there are, everybody's like, you know, you need to get back to work. Well, maybe now you realize how valuable all these people are, you know? Absolutely. Every aspect of it. You know, it's like, so yeah, the touring is obviously going to be, is, is, a, is dead for now because. But there's some people, that's how they solely make their income. There's some bands that we've all used to love and their money now comes from having a catalog and a robust touring business, you know? Right. You, you know, you posted something that's interesting about merch and I would guarantee, mm-hmm. I would bet you that the merch would continue because people buy t-shirts for memories, but also as a form of, there could almost be like a perverse irony of buying the tour t-shirt for the tour that never happened, you right. know? It could be if you're one of those people. But it's, no, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty much dead in the water for a good year. I mean, summer in New York is the season for all the great, and across the country, all the great outdoor shows, mainly the yep. international acts. That's done. That's not happening. I would say international acts are going to suffer more than anybody. Anybody right. coming from Europe or Africa because it's going to take longer. So, yeah, it's a whole – I'm going to be seeing a play. I'm making little air quotes here on um, Zoom in, in about a week. I'm there. Everybody can see it. So it's nice that it's democratized, that now everyone right. has access to this stuff. But if you're not charging, then that means people aren't getting paid. You right. know? I have enjoyed watching, though, how – Yes, we, this is definitely a capitalist society, right? Well, we all know this. But I've, I've been enjoying how certain people have been offering things for free, offering a yeah. lot of services for really reduced prices. And it kind of levels it out and gives people opportunity to, to do and see some things or maybe get some software or learn a program or learn a language for way cheaper, you know what I mean? I'm seeing the language thing now. It's hilarious. I mean, it's just fun to do because it's letting me use my brain in a right. sort of like thinking and not talking to the cast and waiting for them to talk back to me. Right, right, right. right. Can I just ask a question what you feel about all these, like, so-and-so versus so-and-so ID oh, things? Oh, Jesus Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like... Everything is a live stream, child. Every DJ is spinning a set. Everybody's this one versus this one. I mean, at one point, I think it was Hezekiah Walker versus John P. Key, I think it was this past weekend. <laughs> like, Baby First versus Teddy Riley. I mean, listen, it's not for me, but I'm glad it's there. No, it's fun. I have to say, though, the fun, I did watch Teddy babyface thing because that is so my lane. And right. I have to say there's something deliciously funny about two of the greatest producers in the world not knowing how to work. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's just like I can't oh, even. It's oh, way too much. It's like Metamucil much, you know what I mean? Like what's no, happening? I will say. Babyface won that one. As soon as he pulls out the guitar and is like, and it well, goes to baby. He won that one simply by sitting there by himself and not bringing in a marching band, a fedora, right. lights, cameras, action. It's Instagram. And remember Black Street. Look, it's Dave right. Hollister. He just, right. <laughs> he just happened to be here. Um, I will say I have enjoyed Quest Love. 
Yes. And the, the, what, the thing that I enjoyed the most, and I watched it on YouTube so I could really get it and have it all through the house, was okay. uh, his four nights of Prince leading up to the anniversary, then the anniversary of passing of Prince's death. Because he did it in different sections. It was like, okay. uh, live, it was a live night. There were songs he wrote for other people and his, oh, cool. and all his protege's night. There was a, the rare cuts night. It was really, really good. And he pulled out some really, I mean, he pulls out a Vanity Six live from Radio City Music Hall, complete with the Frankie Crocker introducing the show. They just took me all the way to a moment. So I thought that that was really, really great. Amir, I mean, Amir is is a musicologist, you know, and he's a music nerd, always has been. So, but, yeah, but the rest, I mean, it's great. Listen, it's a lot of fun. We all need diversion. We all need entertainment. I begrudge nobody. It's, It's a fun way of building community. But at one point, it just gets, like, all right, how many split screens am I going to have to watch of, like, old people battling it out? It gets a little much, but... Hey, it's not for us, Courtney. It's for the kids. It's for the kids, and that's why I just order my dinosaur barbecue and have it delivered, and to, you know, try to support the local economy. <laughs> yeah, I'm supporting my local Mr. Mango. And, oh, um, I want to make sure you do something, Amy, tonight. Because yeah. you know, Amy and I, before every show, I want you guys to know we drink Lysol blueberry smoothies. <laughs> oh. you know, I, I, I say to mine. Complete, complete with a fabuloso shooter. <laughs> you know, I posted something because somebody was being obnoxious, and I said, "Do you also enjoy fabuloso?" And outside of New York, they don't know what that means. He thought I was like, "Oh, sure, if you like to drink that to be nasty." I'm like, "Oh, that's right, you've never lived in a New York City house." <laughs> <laughs> you've never felt. Yes. Fabulous. Not that, not yeah. that I think I need to say it to any of our followers, but please don't try to ingest disinfectant of any kind. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gave up. Only bleach you should be using is on your hair. I your mean, eyes. right. That's it. Yeah. You know who you? you know, it's very mean, I suppose, but. Sometimes you have to go. Maybe we need to to cull the herd a little bit. If you're so I mean that drinking bleach, which is something that a child is <laughs> to do, so that's why mommy and daddy lock up the cleaning product. <sighs> so maybe, and I'm not saying we should, but sometimes you're like, I can't keep you from being stupid. Like, how? <laughs> I mean. And then when you heard that the numbers to poison control went through the roof after that, I'm like, did you actually have to call and check? (laughs) Did you have to call and check that ingesting a disinfectant might not be? It says it on the wall. All of those bottles usually say warning. Warning. (laughs) Or in Spanish, if need be. Or usually like a skull and crossbones, like you can try it. Which is the universal symbol for bad. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, like I said, if you want to believe in fake cures, that's one thing. I mean, that's whatever. But when someone is telling you, or I'm sorry, not telling you, thinking out loud about, <laughs> thinking out loud about using cleaning products, I mean, I resent the fact that I have to use Clorox-based products to clean right now because I try to keep right. my house organic. But that shit does No, kill fuck that. Me. I use bleach and shit. And Fabuloso. Fabuloso yeah. cleans everything and kills everything. Fabuloso. <laughs> I know. And it comes in 739 cents. <laughs> I know. Well, now there's no 99 cent stores. But, yeah. Oh, no. My 99 cent store is back open. I went in there and oh, stocked okay. up the other day. <laughs> But it's just hilarious to me because on, on one hand, I mean, if this administration has been anything, it's like this this absolute rage and indignation and, and just like shock. And then you're like, on the other hand, going, are people that fucking stupid? And then you go, well, yes, they are. Why and then you realize you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think so. Are that Wait, fucking but you know what's better than our administration? Uh, <laughs> you know what, you know what? what makes our... You know what makes our administration look like it's the part two? Uh, <laughs> that would be North Korea, where either their fearless leader is dead or maybe not dead or maybe dead or maybe not dead. And they were like, he can't be dead. Look at this letter he wrote. It's like, um, well, what? Trump says he's not dead. <laughs> Trump claims he's not dead, and Trump has never lied. 
<laughs> well, did he say something? Remember, he said, "Well, I know something. I can't. I know, but I can't say. I can't say it. <laughs> Don't make me say it. But I know something." <laughs> right. I, I, I think Kim Jong Un is. Um, they're going to get rid of Fauci, and he's going to be the new head of the Corona Task Force. I think they're going to bring him. I think even he was like, this shit's over here in North Korea, and we're too poor, and he's living in a high-rise in Brooklyn. Because that's where everybody else seems to come to. (laughs) Like I said, it reminds me of the old Saturday Night Live skit. You know, Francisco Franco is still dead. So we didn't know if he was dead. We don't know if he's been alive. You know what he did? He did it. They're doing the 70s TV show thing where he just puts on glasses. Remember how, like, in Wonder Woman, where Linda yeah. Carter was supposed to look like Wonder Woman because she had a bun and glasses? Right. And you're like, oh, but you still look like the same person. Right. <laughs> well, it's like Samantha and Tabitha. I'm, uh-huh. I'm wearing a tight shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, you must be her sister. Yeah, no. <laughs> He's literally yeah. living in downtown Brooklyn in one of those new buildings above the Whole Food, just in some glasses and hats. Talking about, no, 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 I'm not him. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's dead. He's not dead. <laughs> Trump knows. Trump knows all. He's dead. He's well, dead. actually, they should call Dennis Rodman because he knows everything. Yeah, he does. He Trump knows everything. You know what? Dennis Robin probably does know. That's what's so right. He's probably and there we go. Speaking of no, who actually has who has actually won the whole quarantine entertainment vortex? It's Fiona Apple. Fiona yes. Apple absolutely yes. delivered. Yes. First of all, she always yes. delivers great music. I love her, but she delivered the one-two punch uh, and had the kind of album that works in a time where people are feeling all locked up and crazy. Do you think she's ever, I mean, also, I mean, getting, before we get into the album, do you think she's ever done a bad album? Because I don't think she ever has. No. I, I will say I have loved some more than others. And yeah. I love all of her work. I didn't love Idol, Idol, what's it, Idler Wheel? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, the Idler's Wheel. I didn't love that album as much. But, I mean, you know, I was at Sony and working really closely with my friend Jana, who was on the team helping to break Fiona on the video side. So I got to see a lot of her first early showcases and a lot of shows throughout the year. So I'm a really huge fan and have seen it from the beginning and really think that she's – listen, even her album that's not my favorite album is a great album. But this one, to me, it sounds like a grown woman – with zero fucks to give and bunch to stay. And it's a really, to me, it's a really focused effort from her. And I like that she's doing different things with her voice. And I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I was obviously very excited to see it coming. Um, I was also very excited because someone um, that I, I consider a friend, but I haven't talked to him for a while, but someone I'm a huge fan of, David Garza, is in her band and had a lot to do with this record. So I was very happy to see him you know, get some shine. But, you know, I'm such a contrarian. When I first started reading the reviews, I was like, oh, my God, everybody, they're going to go over. Yeah, because it makes it hard when it's like when you, you know, when it's when you're the critics, darling, it's always like, okay. (laughs) And it's also what's brilliant. I mean, it is a great record. She sounds great. She's a great songwriter. She's so, she's so versed in the art of song writing she really is a in so many ways like a traditional songwriting they're very well constructed the lyrics are interesting you know this is not like you know for she is a very traditional songwriter in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. very great voice but um she's really you know this is definitely an album about a me too record in the best sense of like someone who has been through it who now at 40 has the gravitas to talk about it. At 19, people went, eh, you're 19, what the fuck do you know? Well, she talked about it differently. You think about it then. No, people didn't say what you know, because those first records were very acclaimed. I just think, like you said, now that she's, she's, I believe she's 42 now, those early records, it was that rawness, right? It's that raw thing as a young person where you're, it's coming out of you almost in a rage and it's, and we love that. But then when you, as you live life and you have some life behind you and you work through a lot of shit, the way you view it, the things that have, view the things that have happened to you in your life, especially if you're an evolved individual, you start to have 
a different perspective on it all. You know what I mean? Because you've been through it, you survived it, you're still there. Well, and so this record is a very mature sort of yeah. Fiona having some shit to say and really taking a stand and not worried about. There's a lot of singers, you like, you know, like they want to sing pretty and everything needs to be. And she, yeah. she didn't make songs to be like, I need to sing pretty and worry about how I sound. It's about what am I trying to say and the emotion I'm co- trying to convey. Right. I really feel like she hit that, you know? She's also been, always been She's always been one of these women, one of these artists who was wise beyond her years at 19. Right. And now, you read interviews with her. I mean, she's been through, a, you know, we've all been through stuff. You know, listen, you're to compare what you're like as a human being, let alone an artist, from 19 to 40, it's like you can't do it. It's night. Ab- right. Absolutely. She also doesn't have the pressure. In this market, you don't have to. She's like a Sade or a Maxwell. She can put out a record when she wants to put out a record. She has a core fan, boy, fan base. She can. She has a very idiosyncratic sound. There is no one who sounds like Fiona. Even True. People who influenced by Fiona never sound like her. You know? And and they don't put her in a box, right? You don't think, oh, Fiona's coming. What's it gonna be like? It's like you think about the the, for lack of a better word, like the Rihannas, the Beyonces, those girls, even the Adele. There's an expectation of bigness. There's an expectation of. I want hit songs. I want that oh, thing that's going to inspire me. Fiona just comes with people are excited. What's it going to be? Well, There's not know, the expectation of where's the hit songs and where are these well, things, you know? I mean, there's something somewhat liberating sometimes about not being a multi-platinum artist because she did this, you know, oh, by the way, you know, by the but way. I believe she is a multi-platinum artist. No, no, no. I think the first record sold well, but she's not. In the sense of multi-platinum, no one is looking to Fiona Apple to have chart-topping hits. She's not. No. No, but you know, you don't get to stay on the same record label as long as she did without being profitable for them. But she's, yeah, but she's also, I think, a prestige artist, too. There's still Yes, but, honey, we've seen prestige artists dropped all the time. Because they they love to say prestige, but they like prestige that also bring in some dollars. Well, I mean, I... I mean, I I definitely agree. I'm just saying that I think she has very much her own lane, and I think the fact that she chose to drop this record the way she did, she Mm -hmm. has just proven herself. Anyway, the album is called uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters, by the way, just in case we didn't mention that. With the cover being the most insane and Fiona-esque album cover ever. (laughs) I live Uh, for it. David drew that cover. David Garza drew that. That's his artwork. And her making that face, I'm like, this is so yeah. Fiona, which yeah. makes it. That's the thing about her. It's like, for me, I don't care about image. I don't care what videos are going to look like. I just want to see, hear the music. Yes. Yes, of course. And this is actually the perfect time in a way because she's not going to be able to tour. There's not going to be videos. There's not gonna be, we are going to have to, so we're going to sit at home. She She did it brilliantly. Obviously, she couldn't plan this. But I wouldn't be surprised if suddenly she went, fuck it, let's just put it out. And she did. Well, no, that is how it happened, actually. The label, you know, the album was turned in. They wanted to move it. They wanted to move, they wanted to move the album until October. October. To be like, you know, we're in the middle of this thing. And she, she was like, no, let's put it out. Because you see a lot of people have, a lot of people have moved their records and you know, you have people who benefited. Dua Lipa is benefiting. Her record is doing well. You, and the, the, the weekend is like king right now all across the U.S. and all across Europe, which has helped Universal have a great quarter. You know what I mean? They, they did well. I, 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 he just, I, you know, it's really weird. I can't look at him right now because everything is so traumatic and tense and on edge. I don't want to see this guy running down the street with blood on his face. I know that sounds really wimpy of me, but right now I can't look at him. Maybe another time, but I, I don't, you know, I don't mind his music. I don't, and I, you know, and I, I don't mind his music, but I don't gravitate to his music. You know what I mean? Also, oh, bro, I liked better when he was like a moody Canadian cokehead. Like <laughs> Michael Jackson. Allegedly. Like, oh, okay. Okay. What? Which part, moody or Canadian? <laughs> I would say the cokehead portion of our oh. show. <laughs> he about cocaine. He's not a. He, he's saying about cocaine. He may, may not be a cokehead. No, who else I listen to? You know, I've never tried cocaine. 
lie. I've never tried it. Never. How did you in the music industry for all those years? It has, let me just tell you something. And it has been offered to me 749 times, you know, like the gay kids and the cause of it. But I have never, ever, ever tried cocaine. Ever. You know, and you know what it was when I was in college. When I was in, yeah, I've never done acid either. When I was in college, um, that's you know that's when kids, some kids start really doing coke. So I was around some kids that used to hang out when they start doing coke. But to me, they would act so crazy that I was like, oh, is that what that does to you? Do you look like that? Well, I don't need to do that. And that was, and I just never did it. <laughs> I think it was Randy Newman said, the problem with cocaine is it makes you think you're smarter than you actually are. <laughs> like, no. Don't need a Honey, there's nothing like being around crazy cokeheads. They act so crazy. I went to dinner once with this person after we finished a music video, and she was she's a big time. She still works in the industry, so I'll say no names. And, um, she, she was a big producer, and she goes to the bathroom. She comes back, and all of a sudden she's like, blah, 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 And it was just like, okay. <laughs> it was so, just, it was so L.A. night. <laughs> it was so L.A. night. Every dance music department in the 90s, you'd go up there, and the dance music department was wide awake. <laughs> no, let me just tell you something. All my years started, you know, working with all the dance guys. So many people are, literally so many people are sober from, you know, now because of all of those years, like, man, yeah, working absolutely. in the dance department. You Like, yeah. even now, it's like, I go out, it's like, people drink tickets, buy me drinks, you know, you don't pay to get in. It's like, I love that part, but I can also see if you did drugs, all of that shit was always available. You know, it's, oh. it's not like, though, you always see it in the movies, but it was like, shit was available and fucking the party was there if you wanted it, you know? Yeah. And then you just, you age out of it. And so well, but you yeah. have, if, if you're smart, you do. Some people, you yeah. know, some people get really, really caught up. Yeah, no, but that's, I know, but it's like, Wow, you've never. We can we can have that. Um, that's, I'm very proud of you, Courtney. You've never <laughs> done it. Um, yep. right, have you been watching the Last Dance? Yeah, I, you know it's funny. I was uh, speaking of cocaine. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about that because Michael Jackson talked about the cocaine, the cokey bulls when he first got there. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to watch it, but I was very caught up in something else, and I've just started watching it. All right, so here I'm going to say I've only watched two episodes. So here's okay. here's the thing. You know I'm a basketball fan, and that's obviously the era. I mean, that's yeah. like, you know, that's the era. Here's okay. I'm I'm going to say something that's so mean, but uh, <laughs> he's a dick, right? Like nobody likes Michael Jordan, right? I people, mean, you know, pe people have a love hate. You know, there's some people who do, but a lot of he's very revered. But you know, he's got that reputation and bit of being a dick. Oh, but he's revered as a talent. Because I was asking Lucian about it, and mm -hmm. I said, you know, I just don't like Michael Jordan. He goes, nobody likes him. He's a great player. <laughs> okay, so here's what a horrible human being I am. Okay, mm -hmm. so when his I can't even admit I'm saying this, but I don't oh, care. God. Oh with God! Oh God! Okay, this is what oh no. Like you know where I'm going with this. I when do. His died, <laughs> when his father died, my first thought was, why couldn't this have happened during the season? Oh, my God. That's horrible. Even for you, that's horrible. That's horrible. Even for you. And that is a new place to go. It's a low. It's a low. But it was like two seconds. And then I snapped out of it. And I went, oh, even, even for you, that's horrible. No, it was terrible. But it was when the Knicks was still, when we still had a basketball team in this town. And I was like, oh, fuck, really? Now he has to be, like, all out of sorts? And then it was like, oh, poor Michael Jordan. All right, so far. It's what have you thought of the first two episodes? Have you enjoyed it so far? I'm enjoying the Scotty Pippen stuff a lot. The Scotty, no, that's the, and you, wait till you get to the, the next two episodes, which you can watch online now because those aired over the weekend. They're, they yeah. focus on Dennis Rodman and, okay. uh, Phil Jackson. They're really good. It's really, really yeah, good. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great era in basketball. It was really interesting. Um, I just always feel like, I mean, I'm not the only person to say this, obviously, like Scotty Pippen was, Pippen was always like an afterthought. Like he's like, no, it's a gag when you really so, so much because you have Michael Jordan who was making like 30 million, taking all the money. And it was just kind of like, you know, uh, 
you had the power to make sure your boy got paid too, though. You kind of did. (laughs) And you knew that you needed him. And he was making like two million. And y'all really, when he was out, you really needed him. Of course. Well, my, you know, honestly, my issue with, with Michael Jordan, I mean, all joking aside, I mean, obviously I didn't like him because he played for the team that was beating my team, though I wasn't right. seen enough to actually see him play, and it was mind-blowing. I was like, holy yeah. shit. You know, I saw him in the 90s. But I will say where I just washed my hands with him was when he refused to endorse the black Democratic candidate when he was running against Jesse Helms, and he said, well, you know, Republicans buy sneakers, too. And I was like, Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, 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 he sure did. Listen, capitalist society, that's how people are in a capitalist society, you know? I thought that that was like a really douche move on his part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really it, – it, now, let me ask you something, though. Is this all footage that – I mean, Jordan has a hand in this documentary. Well, literally, the last year of that, that, that bull season, they had a film crew following them, and they filmed the whole season. And okay. they've been sitting on this footage for years and years and years, and then he started working on a documentary, which is why when ESPN did that great doc piece, a year or two ago, he wasn't in it because they were like, he's working on his own. And uh, honestly, the thing that's interesting is we've never really heard him tell any of his story, really, or really talk about a bunch of shit. So it's kind of fascinating to me to hear what he has to say. It was really fast. Oh, see, you haven't seen, I, I don't want to, you got to see parts three and four. No, I you will. I'm not well. watching but I was just always – because I'm always curious when there's a documentary and the subject of the documentary is involved in some way. So I didn't Well, involve- you know, that definitely that definitely colors de- – uh, you know, it, it definitely – when you watch it, he comes up very kumbaya like this nice guy. And it's yes. like by all accounts, it was like, I don't remember really people referring to you as a nice guy. <laughs> that, 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 that's, you know, but I am watching – It was almost like the Kobe did. You remember how live when people would say, Kobe doesn't have a bunch of friends in, in basketball. He doesn't have a bunch of friends. But then everybody was his friend once he was gone. And I was like, that was different because I remember it always being like he didn't have a bunch of friends. Yeah, there are certain players that were always people that people gravitated around, and then there were certain players. And it's also just interesting, again, it's always interesting to see inside the mind of um, – Oh, my God, I just threw a blank. Come on, the coach, the coach. Give me the name of the coach. Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson, yeah, because I loved him as a Nick, too. That's yeah, he was, on, yeah. he was on the two championship. Nick, he won two championships with the Knicks, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah, no, he was there. He was a great player. So, it's, no, I'm definitely watching. I mean, it's it's something I've had so much television, Courtney, to catch up on. But aren't you watching I, some kind of Jewish film festival also? I, well, it's my self-proclaimed Jewy Film Festival. Okay, so here's the thing. Like many Jews, I am self-hating. Um, and I'm Catholic. The Catholic, the Catholics are right behind you, except I got off that self-hating train. Yeah, very self-hating. And a lot of it, it would all be worked out in therapy, but a lot of it has to do with whatever. So I would never identify myself as Jewish because I could always pass as something else. And I'd be like, right. yeah, that works for me. Um but all joking aside, someone had told me about this show. Well, and you know my great affinity for kosher popcorn. And since I was mm-hmm. going to be denied my kosher popcorn because, you know, quarantine. Um, someone had told me about this show, Unorthodox, a friend of Lucian's who's a really cool kid. He had told me about the show, Unorthodox. So I watched it. It's on Netflix. It's absolutely brilliant. It's based on a memoir of a formerly Orthodox Jewish woman from Williamsburg who basically escapes from the cult. And it is a cult in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So I watched that and it's just stunningly well done. And the actress in it is amazing. So I literally Googled her name, Shira Haas, and anything that she was in, I said, I'm going to watch this. And mm-hmm. it started on this sort of joking around Suddenly I was watching all this Israeli TV, and I was watching the show Scheitzel, which I really recommend. It's like a family drama starring her and starring, like, okay, I've never dated a Jewish guy, and this guy is so hot that I'm totally rethinking my entire issue with Jewish men. But <laughs> it's a really beautiful show, It's got, and it's, it's also about the Orthodox community, but in Israel. And I know nothing about Israel. I have no connection to Israel. You've never been? No, I have no interest. In it. I've never. I thought of Jews. I thought don't you? I thought you all had like a pilgrimage you did to Israel uh, when you were a teenager. 
No, in fact, that's a huge issue with a lot of American Jews. We don't, you know, that there's a difference between being Jewish and being a Zionist. But I right. don't know. I've, I have friends who are Israelis. I hear it's beautiful, but I just never had this like gravitation to Israel, so I know nothing about it really, other than. Are your parents Israel. from Israel or New York? God, no. My mom's from the Bronx. My dad's from Brooklyn. <laughs> no. Have they ever been? No. My father, no. My father wouldn't go to Israel ever. No, there's no interest. I'm telling you, if I so they're like I'm real old school New York Jews. You're just straight up a New York Jew. Yeah, we never went to Temple. You've probably no. You've probably been to Temple more times than I have. I I don't know any of this shit. I mean, culturally Jewish. I don't know any, my father's an atheist. He knew nothing, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. So I have no interest in it. Nothing. And now nothing. Talking, no Rosh Hashanah? No. I don't even know what he did. I don't even know what he did. Nothing. I'm like, You're a bad Jew, Amy. <laughs> school i'd be like what are you doing home and he goes oh, hello it's a jewish holiday the schools are closed i'm like oh. <laughs> carry on i know i'm horrible you're like but, it is which you're like which one <laughs> which one a good shabbat shalom um no um no but it's actually been really interesting but this show shite is absolutely gorgeous the acting is great and so i've been just following this woman, anything she's in, and then I watched another show called The Harem, which is about like a Kabbalah cult, which is great. And I, it jokes around. Places. There seems to be a theme with the shows that you're watching. Cults escaping from things. It's a cult. But I'm trying to undo 59 and a half years of self-hatred. Um, <laughs> The only time I be, can I tell you honestly, the only time I became remotely sort of identifying as Jewish is when Trump got elected because then mm -hmm. the anti-Semitism and working in a parochial school, I was like, yeah, okay, no. But they're really all joking aside. It's great television. It's beautifully acted, and it's like a world like I didn't even know what Israel looked like. Like I was right. like, on like war stuff. So it's very very interesting. Stuff. So I yeah I've only been watching Jewy TV um, mm. with subtitles. So now I'm mm. like everything subtitles. Everything I'm doing I have to read. I've just been listening. You know me. It's me. It's like Law and Order. There's been no sports. So watch the draft for three days made me really really happy. And then the Michael Jordan doc <laughs> stuff been making me really really happy. And the Sugar Babes. I've been digging in just listening to old Brit pop music from the early 2000s. And I don't know for some reason. The sugar babes have been getting me through this quarantine. I just dance around and sing those songs. I told you that I saw the sugar babes performing. I'm so jealous of the fact that you saw the sugar babes. Only one. The only person. They were performing at an Adidas showcase, and I'm there with my then boyfriend because he had designed something for Adidas and all these Adidas, and we're there, and I'm like, and everybody's like, who are the sugar babes? I'm like, okay, first up, they're on stage. So that's <laughs> Right. <laughs> you see those, see those three girls right in front of you singing? That would be them. <laughs> the sugar babes. And secondly, I thought if anyone would know who the sugar babes are, it would be Europe because, right. you know, That's where they were huge, right. Where they were huge, you know. So, no, I had a moment. It was so funny. I was like, I thought the sugar babes. That's, that'll be, but you know what's weird after, you know, when this first happened, the quarantine thing happened and stuff, I wasn't listening to any music and I don't know mm -hmm. why. And what I noticed is it's super quiet in New York right now, right? Yes, very. The ambient noise. Well, there was the sirens for all the weeks and now thankfully that's not happening. No, there's still a lot of sirens up here. It's crazy. I hear sirens right. all day, all night. Lots. Yeah, but I don't like it. No, me neither. But what's really weird is that I have tinnitus. I have ringing in the ear, which is just mm -hmm. the worst thing ever. And I started noticing that it was getting really bad. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then I realized there's nothing blocking it out. There's right. no ambient right. blocking right. it out. The so noise machine of New York City is the noise on the street. You know, so I wasn't listening to a lot of anything. And the first thing I actually sat down and listened to was Fiona. And then I had been sort of 
jumping in. I'm trying to find this new X record because I'm a big fan of theirs. But yeah. I don't know. Weird. I just sort of wasn't in the mood. It wasn't as dramatic as after 9-11 when I could You got to listen to this Tom Mishkin, Yusuf Deus record, What Kind of Music. It's really good. Which is? Uh, Tom Mishk and Yusuf Deus. It's called What Kind of Music. It's re- I'll send okay. it to you. It's really good. Okay. It's really, really good. It's really good. I, I listened to this guy. I saw a video, believe it or not, that I actually saw a video that I liked by this guy, Loner. I'm assuming it's pronounced that way because it's like L-O-N-R. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. It kind of gave me like this PM Dawn kind of vibe in the sense that it's kind of trippy. And he, he, he sings with H-E-R. I wish mm-hmm. he just had now it's too much spelling and punctuation. But um, I liked it. I was like, oh, okay, somebody's new. But um, Dua Lipa, yeah, love love that record. I mean, and I've been it. digging back into my – I've just been finding records I haven't listened to in years. I dug back out Chantal Kravyazic's Under These Rocks and Stones. I love that album. Love, 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 love that album. And, and Marian Faithful's Negative Capability from, okay. from 2018, which is a great record. You know Dua Lipa, who I get so much of a vibe from? You would know the reference. Kathy Dennis. Remember her? I just found her CD, her first CD, Just a Dream, when I was digging through it. I have been in here grooving. First of all, Kathy Dennis has written a lot of pop songs. A lot. Kathy Dennis wrote Can't Get You Out of My Head. Kathy Dennis wrote Toxic. Kathy Dennis wrote songs for the Sugar Babes. Kathy Dennis. I think Rihanna might have sang something that Kathy Dennis has written. Kathy Dennis is amazing. Really good. And as soon as I heard Dua Lipa, I started thinking, not to take anything away from Dua Lipa, but I was mm-hmm. like, Kathy fucking Dennis. And I mm-hmm. went on I remember interviewing her years ago. She was totally cool and just very cool in the sense of not trying to be cool, you know? Right, right. Really good shit. And I was like, yeah, Kathy Dennis, where is she now? Well, she's living off those royalties. Clearly. And still writing songs and doing well. <laughs> so it's time, for our, it's time for our what dumb shit did Megan, oh. McC- Megan McCain say today, you know, our favorite segment. And I'd like to start saying mine is all of these yeah. TV doctors who have not, who are not actually MDs, Dr. Phil, or TV doctors, Dr. Oz, who are on every channel, on every television show, and have people say, you know, basically ready to jump out a window. People, stop getting your info. I think I've said this before. Stop taking all your information from people whose job it is to sell you something. That's all well, I'm going to say. What's sad about Dr. Oz is that he's actually was a reputable heart doctor, but he's not. Yes, but that's not right. But, you know, these doctors act like they all have every specialty under the sun, under their belt. <laughs> if you're going to listen to a doctor, you need to listen to Dr. Bombay, because he was clearly <laughs> the best ever. Now, <laughs> at a later point how Oprah needs to do a little penance for giving these guys um, credibility. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Yeah, I, I'm part of them too. I think Fox has finally stopped using them because they realized that, you know, they were basically advocating crazy shit. Well, my thing is that flyover that happened yesterday in New York City. We had the Blue Angels and somebody else do it. And a, the Thunderbirds. Yeah. Okay. So it was very cool to see. I did it was. see it. Mm-hmm. But. Number one, for those of us who live in New York, it was a little 9-11 PTSD-ish to have planes flying overhead. Right. Number two, um, I think the first responders would rather have protective equipment and money and a minimum wage in this country. They don't need a bunch of planes during which they're indoors anyway. And why are you having an event that requires people to come out on the street and not socially distance in order to watch it? What a tremendous, like, small dick from our president move. You know, like, spend the money elsewhere. This city is bankrupt. New York State is bankrupt. This country's in a depression. We don't need that kind of diversion. You know, we need I mean, you to help. We need you to help the states. And yes, yeah. we are all listening. And this leads into. You know, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank thank you, you to all of you first responders out there. Thank you to all of you essential workers. Thank you to my guys in the bodega around the corner. 
Thank you to my guys at my 99 cent store. Thank you to everybody in my supermarket around the corner. Thank you to the guys in my pharmacy who called me when my stuff was ready, let me come get it early and took care of me and made sure I had everything that I needed. Thank you to all of those people who are black and brown and lower income who have who cannot work from home and have to go out there and are doing these jobs and serving all of these communities around New York and the United States. And they're doing it with, you know, at risk of their lives and to feed their family and also to make sure that we have all of the things we need. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the right. bottom of my head. Thank you. I go out every night at 7 and I clap and it's very So do I, yep. But you know what? As beautiful as that is, let's remember this. The next time people are moaning about minimum wage, let's remember that this fucking city stayed afloat because of some minimum wage worker at a Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods or or someplace besides. Or your local pharmacy. Or guess what? The, that Grubhub, that that Seamless, that DoorDash that you're ordering, it's not the owner of the company who's on that bike or on that scooter in their car delivering that stuff to you. So, so tip those people generally. Thank them. Thank the UPS man who's delivering your Amazon boxes. Thank the FedEx man who's delivering your packages. Thank them because you know what? They are putting themselves out there to make sure all of your shopping online actually comes to your door. It's important. Remember, when we're talking about, and I'm not saying that people, most of us aren't, but we need to remember that when we talk about first responders, instead of making them into heroes, which they are, but let's remind, let's, let's reimburse them. Let's treat them with hazard pay. Let's remind yes, them. absolutely. Absolutely. alive right now. I was at Whole Foods the other day because they have old people hours. If you're six yeah. plus, you can eight o'clock. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's fucking great. Um and there were two people in there shopping, shopping, me and some other old lady. And mm-hmm. everything there was black or brown, and they were bagging up groceries for people. And I went, you know what? If these fucking people at home had to go to a store, they wouldn't do it. Thank God to these people who are doing right. it. And they're getting a wage, and they don't have a union, and they have shitty health benefits. So let's remember that when we, you know, when, when we're thanking the first responders, let's always remember that it's everybody who's who's out there doing their job because they don't absolutely and they don't have the luxury of staying home i also want to take this moment to say rest in peace to my cousin david anderson who passed away from covid uh late last week you know it's really serious people take it you know stay home and i also want to say a rest in peace to my aunt margaret my mother's only sister who's a big part of our family who passed away yesterday. And it's kind of a big deal to us. And I want to do this show and dedicate it to her and keep going. I love you, Aunt Margaret. I love you, Erwin. I love you, Leslie. I love you, Mom. I love you, Sam. And um, I'll give you a hug. Thank you. But I will end it on a lighter note and say I also want to dedicate this show to my friend Joshua, who is now out of the hospital and, you know, really kicking leukemia's ass and, you know, and doing really, really well. Prayers have been answered and continued prayers. Amy, thank you. Love and miss you. We miss you guys so much. Listen, we're recording the show over over the phone. We're going to try to bring them to you and try to keep it fresh, try to keep it funny. And um, remember to follow us at on Facebook. We have a great Facebook page where we're really active. It's at uh, I'm going to let you finish, all one word. Amy runs our Twitter. She's really funny and great. Follow, follow us there at Finish Ima. We're on Instagram at I'm going to let you finish New York. You know, and you can also follow Listening Party Presents on Instagram and go to the website, Listening Party Presents. Um, just, you know, we love you guys. We, you know, we're, it's, this is a challenging time, right? And I think this shows what people are really made of. And we're all strong and we're New York strong and we're going to get through this shit because we've survived a lot of shit. But stay home, stay safe. You stay home and you stay safe, Amy. And what do you want to say to close up the show? What? 
what do you want to say to close out the show? <laughs> oh, well, I just want to say the same thing to you. First of all, I'm sorry to hear about your family. I mean, it sucks. We've, we've all sadly seen a lot of death right now. I think we are going to get through this. I am hoping that this brings a really fundamental change in us as a country. We are going to change in a lot of ways, and it's not just because of the economy. I hope this makes us value each other better. I right. hope this makes us realize that we are not, you know, in we are people. We're we're vulnerable to things. I hope this has an impact on the election. Please, God. Please vote, people. And I want you guys to pay attention to this. We need to win the Senate back, and we need to keep the House. People, this this election is not just Joe Biden. Oh, and let me just say this, and I don't know how you feel about this, then we'll end this show. I do not agree with the fact that they've decided to cancel the presidential primary in New York. I, nobody asked me if I thought that was okay. You know what I mean? Why I is that okay? Like, if you're, gonna keep, if you're gonna keep those Senate races, you keep that, I'm sorry, I think they need to reverse that. That's some bullshit. I want my right to vote. I don't care if there's only one person, whatever. I still want my right to vote. And canceling that was bullshit. That's not why they canceled it. They can't. No, the reason they can't, honestly, is, is the League of Women, the voting people did. It wasn't the Democratic Party. Because yes, I know, but I'm just saying, I said it's my Democratic right to vote. Oh. I didn't say the Democratic Party. I want oh, my I right to vote. Because they only canceled, here's the thing, they only canceled the presidential primary. The other races that are happening are still happening. So it's not like the polls aren't going to happen that day. So my thing is, why did you – yeah, that part. So why you don't – if you're not going to cancel the whole thing, you don't get to just say, well, we're not going to do this part of it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yep. fucked up. I didn't know that. Well, the, look, just stay safe. Stay at home. Be – you know, the, the day that shelter in place is supposed to be uh, released is my birthday. So, yay, right. that's fun. But, yeah, the important things, I think we will get through this, but things are going to fundamentally change, and let's hope it changes for the better. Let's really hope it changes that we be, you know, we're inside of ourselves a little bit more, that we stop eating so much meat. I don't right. know. I've stopped eating a lot of meat. Well, I will say this. The day they say the shelter in place is over, are you going to be in a rush to run out the house that day? No. Right. <laughs> and, and furthermore, no. Right. And then there's that. All right, kids, we're out. We'll see you next time. Peace out.